Fabio Grosso can put this penalty away, then the Azuri will win the World Cup. Italy are champions of the world. To Fabregas, surely now, surely now, Spain have won the World Cup for the first time in history. Hello and welcome back to episode 3 of our World Cup mini podcast series on the Footy Fans Podcast. Andrew Santo and Joe coming at you. This is Wednesday night recording, day before Canada's third and final group stage match of the 2022 World Cup. It's been a hell of a ride so far for us. Obviously the emotion of the first game and like what that could have been Yep. going into the game against Croatia on Sunday. Huge, maybe not expectations, but... We, need, we knew what we needed to do. The game against Belgium, we didn't know what to expect from us at all. Mm-hmm. Going into Sunday, we kind of had expectations because of how we did play on the Thursday, or on the Wednesday, sorry. But then just what happened on Sunday was not good. No. It was not good. For all of you who don't know, a crushing 4-1 loss to the Croatians means that Canada will not progress into the round of 16 of the World Cup, but that being said, we got to see the first goal ever for Canada. Alfonso Davies kind of makes up, redeems himself from the first game, PK miss. We had some spells where we did seem like we could hang around a little bit, but that last 15 to 20 minutes of that first half, I was watching the game with my dad, and like we were just sitting there like, this is this is not good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like You could really see the class difference, and I think maybe come tomorrow's game's when Belgium and Croatia do face off against each other, well, maybe the Croatians will, you know, emerge from that game. Obviously, Belgium, when we come in, came in looking at it, Belgium was the top of the group from us, like from our standpoint, from our predictions, I think. But the Croatians, the way that they've been playing, mm-hmm. mind you, the game against Morocco wasn't the greatest. But the game against Canada, they really showed different class between us and the midfield and just how to control the game properly. Obviously, Luka Modric is top-notch. Mm-hmm. and he really uh, put that on display. But what are your guys' thoughts? I know it was obviously crushing from our standpoint, but is there a silver lining from this game we can kind of carry on to the next game and carry on like after the World Cup, you think? Um, I don't know about any silver lining in the Croatia game in particular. I think, you know, Tough. obviously, you know, maybe maybe the goal, you know, scoring our first goal um, is about it. Um, I think just as a whole, though, you know, I think there's a lot of things Canada can take from, you know, competing in this World Cup um, and just some of the performances they did put in, you know, particularly against Belgium, um, where, you know, we've had some spells where we look really good. And I think it gives us uh, some things to build on for 2026. Um, For me, uh, I think I mentioned it last podcast where I was really concerned about Croatia's midfield and what they were going to do to Canada's midfield. Um, and that kind of just came out in full display against them. Um, you know, I was mostly concerned about Modric, but I think uh, Stacchio did a pretty good job of keeping, keeping him as quiet as he could. You know, he obviously, I think, still impacted the Croatia side a lot, but it was more so Kovacic just running havoc in the midfield. You mm-hmm. know, he's making runs from deep and getting past our lines and just running at our D. Um so it kind of unfolded uh, kind of worst case scenario for Canada, but maybe a little bit in terms of what we expected from Croatia with their solid midfield core. Um, but yeah, I think from my perspective, I think our D needs the most work going into 2026. Cause mm-hmm. um, like you were saying, end of the first half, they were just picking us apart all over yeah. the place. And I think looking at the stats, it's kind of, Goes with that because we had more possession, allegedly, 52-48 for us. Passes were the same. Pass accuracy the same. But then you just look at the shots, 13-10 on target for Crow. So they were like very, um, we were very exposed mm-hmm. against them. And then just for the record, ours is also eight shots, two on target. Yeah. So, there, so there's a separation, right? Yeah. I think that just goes to... You know, really the big problems, I know it's basic, but like our defending, you know, sometimes we just get very cut open and it's very easy to get scored on. You look at Crow's goals, all of them were in the box, I'm pretty sure, uh, which is kind of unfortunate. And yeah, we just, 
other than the goal, we just were not really threatening, to be honest. So I think that's what we got to work on. We got to find like a more goal scoring threat, and we got to shore up stuff at the back. Um, luckily, we have four years to do it, so we'll see what happens. Yeah, there's definitely things to build upon for sure. Mm-hmm. Because it's not like we came in and, and this is how we played against Belgium and how we got exposed. Yeah. You know, it's not like we just got blown out and our goal differential is minus 10 and, you know, it was a poor showing and everything. Like we, again, I, I we, we talked about it at length before on the last podcast. We should have won that first game mm-hmm. yeah. just by the way that we played, just overall gameplay. The finishing wasn't there, which is what's the most important thing in football. But just from the actual game as a whole, we played so good. And that's why the the hopes were so high coming in on this one. But you knew Croatia would bounce back. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. It'll be interesting to see tomorrow how we do match up against Morocco because coming into this group, I was like, wow, like Morocco's going to be like our sure win if we're going to get one. Yeah. But now, like seeing them play, they play very well defensively. Since their coach has been there, I believe, the last four years or something, he's been there for um, as a Morocco head coach. I think the last calendar year or something, they haven't allowed a goal. Or yeah. some, something like that, some crazy stat. In the last like twelve games, or the last mm-hmm. you know six months or something, they've allowed no goals in all competitions. So, I mean, going that's obviously like a huge bonus going into a World Cup uh, tournament play. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it'd be fun to see like how we stack up against them. I'm sure um, Herdman will change the lineup a little bit, get some guys some playing time that maybe haven't got a crack at it yet. Um, you know, maybe give a story of the start in this one, or I heard. Um, like Larea might play more, like play more. Like he might go back to Hoylet instead of Laren. Like he's going to change it up probably. I mean, yeah, it's obviously not house league, but like if you're there as a player and like you don't get a crack at it, like a couple of minutes of playing time, it's going to be really unfortunate. Yeah, mm-hmm. especially if your team is already out and you have like exactly like the not circums- a whole lot to play for. Yeah, the circumstances are definitely in for the reserve players for the, going to this last game. But yeah, I mean, coming in uh, off air, we were talking about how Canada could probably, you know surprise some teams maybe and, and play spoiler for the games tomorrow you know mm-hmm. win against morocco would would really help um belgium mm-hmm. obviously try and get into the into the round of 16 um morocco could get in with a draw or a win i believe we said belgium has to get a definite win but if they do draw we would have to beat morocco by three goals or something there's a lot of yeah. implications going to the game tomorrow uh games tomorrow sorry um, so it's obviously still something to, to look at, to look forward to and watch. It's the last game that we're going to see Canada play. Hopefully we can end on a high note and on a strong note. Mm-hmm. But going back to this game in particular, I don't like to use this as a talking point because I don't know how accurate it is, but I've heard it before. Is scoring too early a bad thing sometimes? Like obviously no. scoring goals is, is huge. <laughs> to score a goal is great. Like you would never, you would never say no to a goal, but as hot as we came out, we scored in the second minute of the game. Yeah. Yeah. Incredible. Like, Okanda was blaring two minutes before that. Davies comes in, rises like a salmon, heads to the back of the net. Like, awesome finish. Like, I barely even got mm-hmm. my ass on the seat from Okanda until we scored again. And it was back up, jumping up. Yeah. So, that was cool as hell. But then you knew from that point on, Croatia was going to be like, okay, we got to win this game. Like, we obviously tied our first one. Yeah. We're we're Croatia. We're not a favorite, but we're, we're expected to be coming out of this group. We're going to be on the front foot now, like even harder or faster than what they maybe they planned on doing in their game plan. Yeah. And Canada didn't just sit back. We didn't just try and like score one goal and then defend. We tried to get forward and get chances, which yeah. maybe exposed us a little bit in the midfield. But again, is it is it not the greatest? I mean, to, against a superior team to score early. We've seen it against Man City before. And going back to the Premier League, Man City gets down a goal in the first five ten minutes, and then it's. Not it's eighty five minutes of like just a mm-hmm. non stop attack because they can. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> it's not my it's not my take. I've just, I've I've heard it in pundits, yeah. you know, discussions it's just before. Yeah. How the team reacts to getting scored, like how the team reacts after they score. I think, um, because. <laughs> You know, you're not going to obviously not try and score for right in a lot of period of time. Um. Because I look at the goals that got scored. I mean, if you can defend, <laughs> it shouldn't be an issue. Like me and Santa were, were talking. I think all three of their four goals were came from nutmegs. Yep. Which yeah, is through the legs. Yeah. You know, that's just is what it is. If you can defend, you know, especially if you do score early and you do decide chaos to defend and soak up pressure because the other team's going to go on the front foot. Um, 
then you just have to defend and be organized and get, you know, do that really, really well. Um, yeah, there's no downside to scoring first unless you react badly to scoring first. And other than Vittoria, our defensive core is like very young. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like Alistair Johnson's 23 or 24, I believe. Um, who's the other guy back there? I forget his name already. Um, Miller, yeah. Miller and Larea playing back there too. Like I think Miller's 24 or something. Like They're all very, very young. So come you know, 2026, as we already said, already alluded to, they obviously will be more poised and a lot tighter back there. But yeah, it was hard. It was hard to watch. Like mm-hmm. we got exposed. Atiba Hutchinson, Hutchinson really showed his age. Yeah, yeah. Like there was times when he was just literally jogging around the pitch, <laughs> just like jogging back. I'm like, what are you doing? Like he's supposed to be our center defensive man. I know we lined up in a four four two for this one. Obviously, like once the game gets going, it's gets changed up and switched. But Hutchinson's meant to be like a center defensive mid solid player. He's meant to be yeah. a Busquets or a Patrick Vieira or, you know, like a not a good two so to so to say, but like he's there for defense. And he didn't defend. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, and that's that's the thing where like we got exposed in the middle with like there's a few times Kovacic just literally ran by him. It wasn't even a run, but it was a it was a <laughs> skip to my loo. Like it was so mm-hmm. easy. Yeah. It was it was there was a couple I wouldn't I wouldn't go as far as say embarrassing because it because he's still a professional athlete, but like some some plays were like, okay, man, like, mm-hmm. like it was the thirty fifth minute, and he looked like he just played ninety plus. Yeah, it, it was it was hard. Mm-hmm. And I mean, like in his case, he's thirty nine. He's the captain. He's he made hundred caps, I believe. I think this was his hundredth cap for Canada was this game or something like that. Yeah, he's gonna play. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, yeah, and I think and th- I think that's just it where the rebuild that's going to happen. Well, not the rebuild, but like the new influx of talent we're going to get for 2026. I think that's um, really going to help because there's a lot of promise right now in a lot of areas of the field. So, uh, you know, we talked about, I think last podcast where all the kids that are 18, 19, 20 right now, you know, you're going to get a few of them in the next world cup um, as they, as they start coming into their early to mid twenties. Um, so it's uh, again a lot of good things to build on, um, but it's it's kind of bad. Well, not bad, but it's it's not uh, it's not ideal where we just like <laughs> didn't have a run. You know, mm-hmm. we just like lost two games. And I was kind of thinking about it. You know, as we were talking, I don't know how much Herdman's going to change the lineup against Morocco. I think we could likely see just same lineup as if we had to win this game because I think if there's anything Herdman wants to do, he wants to get some results from this World's Cup. I don't think he wants to leave with three losses, and I think he's looking at this Morocco game as like, hey, you know, let's get, you know, bare minimum a tie or a win so we can come away with something from this tournament because I think coming away with three losses is just like, you know, all, it's almost like regardless of who you scored, he's looking at me with three losses and got like literally nothing. I think he wants to be the guy to get a result at a mm-hmm. world cup because that's going to be, you know, real baby steps. We score, you know, next stepping stone is, you know, let's get some result and not lose all of our games in a world cup. So I, I could definitely see that um, being his mentality, which I honestly think it will be. Um, because yeah, to go two world cups in our history, to go six losses for out of six. Yeah. Still hundred percent record. Not, yeah. Not great. <laughs> yeah, not the hundred percent record you want. No, yeah. That's a good point. Yeah, finishing high is definitely something that's going to be on Herdman's list. He's mm-hmm. he's very passionate and very um, yeah, very passionate uh, guy. Right. He wants to give the fan base something to cheer for. He wants to give something to the players to to strive for. And you never know if we beat Morocco by a good amount. If Croatia beats Belgium, let's say by a good amount, we could finish third mm-hmm. in the group. Yeah, tied on points with Belgium, but better goal differential. So. Again, there's a lot to play for for tomorrow. Like I said, Canada can play spoiler or savior for either Croatia, Morocco, or Belgium, depending on how the final result comes. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I, I want to see some goals. I want to see some some good Canada play. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Agreed. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, go ahead. Jordan. No, hopefully, no. I was gonna say, hopefully they win. Um, I could. <laughs> well, no, that would really. Well, I could. I mean, I do think, to be honest, I do think Crow's going to 
Man, Belgium. <laughs> a good one. It's possible, yeah. to be honest. They're, they played uh, good. <laughs> that game against Morocco was a stinker, if anyone yeah. watched it. But they could yeah. come out strong against Belgium. Belgium hasn't hasn't impressed me at all. No. To mm. be honest. Um, Croatia could just dice them up more than dice up Canada with the way considering how we played against Belgium. Mm-hmm. If we had that many chances against them and if, like if they show up how they showed up against us, Croatia could put like four or five past them mm-hmm. again. And that would not be good. So and that could give us a chance to finish third in the group, which wouldn't wouldn't be terrible. So I know this is completely hindsight twenty twenty stuff and hypothetical, but Knowing that this was the first time we were CONCACAF champion qualifiers, we qualified first, obviously. USA was second, Mm -hmm. I believe. Mexico third. Costa Rica was fourth. Yeah. So let's just play the devil's advocate. If we were to finish in either one of those other spots, second, third, or fourth, if we finished second, we would have been in a group with England, Iran, and Wales. If we finished third, we would have been in the group with... Um, Argentina, Poland, and Saudi Arabia. And if we qualified fourth, we would have been in the group of Spain, Japan, and Germany. Are we emerging from any one of those groups? Based on based on how we played, based, maybe it's tough because it's based on two games, right? It's based on the hell of a game we played against Belgium with no result and based on the game against Croatia where we kind of shit yeah. the bed a little bit, but we scored a goal. Maybe the England, Iran, Wales group but like maybe but you know iran definitely nothing to slow chat they're Um, fun to watch yeah um honestly i think it's it's more or less the same um you know granted looking at how i think belgium no disrespect to them i think their ranking and their name I think maybe holds more weight than their performances because they just don't really perform mm-hmm. at these at these levels. Well, they so, never have, right? And that's the thing. Like we they took made a, it to they them. made a Euro quarters, and that was mm-hmm. it. Yeah. So granted, like we win that game, sure we get, we lose to Croatia, a solid side, and we beat Morocco. That's like that was probably our best chance, I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. That Belgium game was just like a, I don't even know. Like that was oh, so that was a game you lose in the year out of the out of the World Cup. Mm-hmm. You know, in hindsight, um, right. if we would have known what the performance is going to be like, because yeah, that's you control a game, you miss a PK, and then you're out of the World Cup. Like, I don't think you can you can expect to go through when that happens. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's not many groups here that have two European sides either, eh? Uh huh. Like Group D had France and Denmark, uh, Spain, Germany, us, Swiss and Serb. That was it. Like uh, half the groups had two European clubs, and obviously the European yeah. competitions way more difficult to qualify in, mm-hmm. way more competitive in the European um, uh, qualifiers for the World Cup as well. So yeah, you never know. Like in a group, in a Group B match of like England, obviously powerhouse, but yeah, alongside Iran and Wales, oh, I guess that's European. Wales, um, who's obviously they they showed up, they played pretty hard, but they just didn't have the class either, the quality. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It would have been interesting to see how we would, you know, paired in that group. Obviously, yeah. when you're qualifying for Concacaf, like you, you want to win. Like, right? You're not yeah. trying to shoot for third place. You're not because you have no idea what the what the outcome is going to become for other groups and all that. Yeah. I'm just trying to say, like, if we did do this, if we didn't get the first place spot, if we didn't, I don't even want to say overachieve because, like, our qualification process, we played our asses off. Yeah, mm-hmm. and we deserve to be there. Like, I, our our style of play, our performances, it show that we should have been first place mm-hmm. we didn't just kind of backdoor sneak in we were dominant the entire qualifying right um season if you want to call it that but if we didn't do as good as we did <laughs> we could have been in a group with england and iran and wales yeah yeah mind you the only way that usa did get through is by getting that draw against england which i don't know if we would have really done yeah like england I mean, usa did what canada almost had to do like draw draw and then get a final win yeah i mean probably not um, and that's what's so strange. Like we just showed up against the USA, yeah, and like it seemed like they were just like probably gonna go through in their group, which is very odd. Um, but no, it just comes back to like we had the way the Belgium game went. We had we had to do what the USA did against England mm-hmm. in that game. We had um, a chance to win that game too. 
I know. Like we had a chance <laughs> to pick going a complete back, spoiler. It's it's gonna be. I think. Mm, I think the Belgium result is more disappointing than the Croatia result. To be honest. Oh, for sure. Like yeah. In mm-hmm. hindsight, of like how how the tournament looks, how it's going to play out for us and for the other teams. Mm-hmm. Like that's the disappointing one. That's the shocking one. That's the crushing one. That's the final yep. blow. Like Sandra said, that's like the one that you would play as like your last game. If like you just can't get over the hump kind of thing. Mm-hmm. It was our first game. We came out so hard, so strong. Yeah. Second game was kind of like the hangover game for us where we just got destroyed and exposed, maybe a little tired, get a little gassed, whatever it is. Also Herdman's comments probably didn't help. No. Mm-hmm. You know, I think the fire under Croatia's ass too. But, oh, we played so good. Played so good. Yeah. Yeah, very unfortunate. Well, that's we the, needed, World, that's the World Cup. That's, that's the World Cup, though, right? That's how it goes. Um, so now that we are at this stage in the tournament, though, uh, half of the round of 16 countries have qualified for the next round. Let's round them off right now. It is Netherlands, USA, Argentina, Australia, France, Poland, England and Senegal all progressing to the round of 16. Those are also the matchups um, coming next week, I believe. I think the final group matches are maybe Saturday, Friday, Saturday. Uh, no, Saturday, December 3rd is uh, the first two round of 16 games, okay. actually. So the group stage matchups will uh, end on Friday. Set the table for the qualifying round, the real nitty-gritty stuff, the real exciting part of the game. We see yep. extra time in this stage of the, of the tournament. We see shootouts. Which I'm sure will will come up. Yeah, first PK shootout of a tournament is always like the. It's all, all of the hype, you know. It really is. Like, I, mean, I don't know about these ones. These are gonna be some. I don't know. It's gonna be a tale of a lot of games. Like mm-hmm. Australia showed up against France and then obviously did what they had to do, in their final match. Um, what was it? Uh, they beat um, Denmark mm-hmm. uh, earlier in the day. Uh, that's a bit of a surprise. Denmark not not going through the next round there. Yep. Uh, I think Phil actually had them as like his, uh, like his like, wild card yeah. team. Phil's an idiot. <laughs> um, but yeah, Argentina, Australia, Argentina coming off that first game loss in Saudi Arabia kind of set the table for them and show what they had to do in their next upcoming matches. They obviously got the job done um against poland today which kind of just solidified their their spot in there they got the job doing it mexico winning two nil um on saturday so that kind of hiccup got averted mm-hmm. um for argentina's side but other than that man, like poland they kind of snuck their way in there england's pretty dominant didn't really see them um not qualifying even with that draw against us yeah senegal hell of a game against iran to no, i guess Iran against um Oh, who was it? Qatar. Yeah, they beat Qatar uh, 3-1 to progress. And Ecuador just kind of narrowly didn't qualify. They tied Netherlands 1-1. They needed, I think, Senegal to only win 2-1 or something. It was kind of a goal differential one, I think. Yeah. Which is always fun to watch. Um, No, maybe not. They, uh, They got through with six points. Ecuador had four. I don't know. It was fun though. It was good <laughs> shit. The Senegal fans were going nuts. Yeah, they're, they're really fun. They're you know just keeping the rhythm of the drums going almost like ninety minutes. Yeah, those guys dancing in unison for the whole ninety minutes so was kind of crazy. Um, and then yeah, Netherlands USA is the other matchup. Um, I think it's kind of obvious like who we think is going to go through from these four four games here, but could we see maybe an upset? Could we see <laughs> a Senegal upset England? Could we see there's always an upset. The USA, there's always <laughs> an upset. Can we see the USA beating up against Netherlands and maybe taking that one to an extra time? I, I Poland, Poland, sorry, Poland and France too. You know, uh, European matchup. It's always going to be tight and play tight. Argentina, Australia, the two A's. <laughs> I think uh, <laughs> Argentina, the same name. Australia, England, Senegal are probably uh, yeah like set. I think with Argentina, you know, they've been playing really well the last few games after that hiccup against uh, Saudi Arabia. Um. You know, I think they have just that fire, and especially Messi. You know, this is last World Cup. Um, oh, is it? I don't know. Well, <laughs> before is it thirty five? Before you continue, did you guys see the PK today? Oh, Messi's PK. Yeah, yeah. But did you see how he got the PK? Yep. Oh, is crazy He's hit to the face. So crazy. Yeah. 
Um, well, well, I'll go to that in a second. But I think uh, Netherlands, USA, we could see an upset by the U.S. Um, and then France, Poland, you know, definitely see some some magic happen in that game. Poland, I mean, even though they lost the match today against Australia against um, Argentina, so got the A's already mixed up. I'm looking right at it. I said Argentina, I'm in Australia, Australia, and Argentina. Uh, they played defensively pretty well. Chesney mm-hmm. is like mm-hmm. obviously not world class anymore, but he's still a good goalkeeper. And they they played pretty strong defensively, and they got mm-hmm. that guy Lewandowski up top who can kind of do anything at any time. Yeah, all he needs is one chance, right? So yeah, the Poland France game also could, could be a little little tight one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, to Joe's point, uh, yeah, I mean, Cross comes in, Messi goes to head it. He heads it, and then, like, you know, split second after, like, Chesney comes, and, like, Chesney's hand is out to, like, get the ball. He missed it. And, like, it's not like he had a fist and, like, punched Messi in the face. Like, his no. hand, like, just, like, kind of, like, as he was coming down, like, went across Messi's face. I was baffled that was given a PK because, one, there was, like, not that much contact, and, two, Messi already headed the ball. That yeah, was my thing. And yeah, Chesney made, like, mm-hmm. a little bit of contact after um so like i i don't know how that was deemed uh pk but like shesney came out huge on that save like big yeah. time oh um, sweet yeah super super strange i don't do you see it i did yeah yeah i don't yeah my my thing was right away i was like okay yeah maybe like obviously he did make contact like that's not yeah he, i thought shesney made got a fingertip to it which would have averted everything yeah but i guess he didn't but yeah messi already got the header off and he it was, he skied it. It wasn't even yeah. like, I don't know. Like there's times before, like you know, if like the ball's running out of bounds, that foul occurs. It's like, well, he wasn't gonna get there anyway, so they don't call a foul. Yeah, not, it's not the same kind of thing. But he got the header off and he put it like a million miles in the sky. Yeah, and it wasn't because Chesney hit him because yeah. it was afterwards. Because right. you see, like tons. Because I know it's not really the same thing as um, a defender or a striker getting to the ball first, touching by the goal and the goal wipe, goalie wipe right because you don't get yeah. a shot off. But how many times do you see someone in the box get a shot off and they clearly get fouled? after but like yeah they shot the ball you know what i mean yeah you so had the like, advantage you had the advantage you shot the ball um so it's just suit like i don't understand like you said i don't understand why because like he headed it the ball goes out and it's not like it was dangerous play by chesney kind of like hit him with his pinky <laughs> yeah <laughs> so like was there know. was there was, much was there much uproar from the argentina side as well or did they just kind of I were, think were they, so. They, I think just because I, like I couldn't. Messi. Really, I kind of forgot that part. Like, were yeah, they just demanding like Messi, that they go check VAR or? Yeah, they went to go check VAR just because, like, yeah, Messi goes down. Which, how much of it is because it's Messi? Yeah, I don't know. Just very. So I'm pretty happy Shazney saved it. I mean, in the end, it's kind of doesn't really matter because they lost, but Poland still goes through, which is nice. Um, because yeah, I was kind of, I wasn't fuming after. I was just like, "There's no way." Yeah, like, Jesse's reaction to when it was given, you know, he's just sitting, standing there, baffled, ball in his hand. Uh, because like, what what's he supposed to do? Like, as you're, if you're a goalie, you have to come out and like reach for the ball. Mm-hmm. And was it hand yeah. to face or face to hand? Like, like, uh, Messi, the arg- there's Messi, so many arguments for the other end. side of things, right? Like in the bar room, is there another guy on the other side of things? And like, maybe I don't know. Is it just one? Okay, I, I still don't know. I think there's know four people four. and like another. That's some, there's some head. I don't know. Should there be four people? Should there be like a committee? Like, ah. <laughs> I don't know. Because there's so many like opinions. That's going. what I mean. Like, VAR, again, let's, how much time? Okay, we've been on this podcast for 28 minutes. How much more VAR? How much VAR talk do you think we want to put aside? VAR is so frustrating because it's not supposed to be biased it's not supposed to be it's supposed to be sub- object sorry it's supposed to be objective objective not subjective right? yeah right but like there's always yeah. going to be one guy who's like very very left or very right mm-hmm. and it's like are they debating in the var room are they making yeah. the final call like, is the referee the one who actually gets the final say like on the monitor or do they tell him what the call is i think well a, well, first thing I'll say, like, and that's the thing with VAR, it's not supposed to re- re-referee games. Um, really seems like it does that, though. Yeah, it does. Um, and I'm not sure, like, for this, it's not a clear and obvious error by the ref. Um, well, because it was so, like you said, it was like a pinky, I think. So yeah. I like, it was such a small and So touch. I don't know why, like, if he goes there and sees it, 
I don't see how he can say like for sure like oh yeah like he's clearly fouled here. I don't know. Are you watching it? Yeah. <laughs> just watching the. Oh, yeah, that, was a, that was a nice shot. Um, but yeah, just watching the replay here. I mean, ball comes in. You know, Chesney's doing everything, just going to reach for the ball. Full like, full eye contact on the ball as well. Yeah. Like, he didn't even check for Messi. Like, Look, he didn't even try and make yeah. a foul. He just went for the ball. Yeah. But this is kind of like a big ball, don't lie, you know, no, like play that's by Chesney, huge, right? Like, what a big save. I know. Like, that's a really good PK. I mean, mid-height, hits with a lot of power. I don't know I don't, think, I, I don't think it was a good PK. That's oh, like I, in the goalie's wheelhouse of like that height. Like, that's mid... Not even mid-height of the net. But then he lets in a soft deep with McAllister in the second half. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, to to get your hand, like... Yeah, he put a big mid on it. Yeah. yeah. That's... Uh, but that's, like, right in the goalie's kind of wheelhouse spot. My dad... That's what my dad would say. Put in the wheelhouse. Like, you, if you miss a PK, you fucked up. Like, you put yeah. it right in, like, the ideal spot for goalie to dive and make a save. Because mm-hmm. if he dives high, he almost catches it. If he dives low, he's got to put his hand up and he makes a save still. Yeah. Yeah. But regardless, good save by him. Uh, justice served. <laughs> yeah, and this, that's huge, obviously, because like the way that Argentina came out second half. If Poland would have lost that game three nil, then they would not have qualified. I believe. Uh, well, well, it that, well, that would have been the case. Uh, but then, but then uh, yeah. Saudi got one back against Mexico. So I told Pete he has to buy a Saudi jersey for next game. Yeah, because that was a big saving grace for him. Yeah, he's having a good time. Um. What else do you want to go with you guys? What do you want to, what do you want to talk about? Do you want to do like a little like preview kind of thing of like these of these four games? I mean, obviously, the final group stage or the final yeah group stage of games has not been played yet, but just from our point of view here, um, Netherlands look pretty good. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, their group was, you know, maybe one of the easier um, that we saw, Senegal, Ecuador, and Qatar being in that one. Um, they finished with five goals for, one goal against. Uh, that young kid that they got there, um, the heck's his name? Gakpo, Cody Gakpo. Yeah. He scored at least two, maybe three goals, I think, for them in this tournament. Hell of a little player there on Ajax. Uh, he's already got a lot of you know, talks. I think Manchester United is already in rumors to get him. Um, they're they're a team who has like you know that young core of like De Jong and him, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, you know going forward, and they have the old guys, or oh, Delit and on defense too, obviously. But then they have the older players like Van Dyke and and um, Daily Blind, obviously there, and mm-hmm. um, who's uh, who's the winger there on PSG on Barcelona now? Um, uh, winger on Barcelona, Dembele. No, or on which team? I'm on Netherlands. The guy on Barcelona. This is terrible. De Jong? No, this is fucking terrible. Defy? Yeah, Defy. <laughs> Thanks, Joe. Memphis. Thank you. Uh, he's on Barcelona, right? Yeah. Yeah. What the fuck am I talking about? I don't know. Um, <laughs> yeah, he's kind of getting older a little bit now. He obviously had a lot of... He's 28, but he had a lot of clout in the last World Cup and European Championship. So... They're kind of like a weird side. Like they kind of got like I said, like a mix of young, old, and like mid-range talent or mid-range age uh, in their talent pool. But I don't know. Like I said, the USA man, like they're they're a very very young team. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But that shows like their energy is like really high. They play well structured, and they could sneak out. You know, like I said, maybe an upset game in this one. Maybe a, an extra time. Maybe a shootout one against Netherlands. What do you guys think? Um, yeah, I, I think I could, if anything, I could probably see this game go into a PK shootout. I think, um, could even see a zero zero with this one, just seeing these two teams cancel each other out. Um, but yeah, I think, uh, like I said, France and Poland is another toss up for me, but I think right now Argentina and England are going to go through for the other two. Uh, but, you know, that's why we like watching it because you never know what's going to happen. Yeah. could see Australia just come surprise team, yeah. be the mm-hmm. uh, the black horse of the tournament. There's been enough enough upsets this World Cup that we don't know. Yeah, that's true. Do we think England's good enough to, to make it deep from what we've seen so far? I think so. For me, they look like 
they're they're really well rounded this tournament. Um, so I I think we could see them go pretty far with what's happening, especially with um, what's been happening with a lot of teams. I mean, granted, Spain and Brazil are just like on fire right now. Um, Spain did have that draw against Germany. Um, that you know, I was a little surprised by. I thought Spain was really going to hand it to Germany with just the way they've been playing. But um, I really want to see England match up against Spain or Brazil to see how they hold up against them. Because for me, you know, especially Brazil, they're just on another level this tournament. Yeah, they played really well. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, very impressive. I think they're the only side um, left that has the potential. Oh, and Portugal to win all three matches. Because uh, France was two and zero, and they wait. Who did France lose? Oh yeah, France lost to Tunisia. Oh uh, yeah, France were two and zero going in this one, going to the final matches here. Um, England, they weren't there. Netherlands drew their final game. Yeah, Brazil and Portugal, are the last two teams that can win, win out. Yeah. Um, for their group. Um, no, they've they've shown that you know this is kind of like the resurgence year for Brazil because they had. Mm. A debacle against Germany in 2014, and then the 2018, uh, the Neymar Memorial game and all that crap, which is kind of a farce. Yeah. Uh, in in most people's eyes, so I think this is like their their comeback to like we're like a powerhouse team. Yeah. And we talked about it in mm-hmm. our preview episode how they are another mix of really young and really old, but like really good talent. Yeah. Um. Still, and this is like the core of you know Silva and. Um, even maybe uh, Neymar, like he's on not as on his way out, but definitely he's going to be four years older next World Cup. He'll be you know thirty four, mm-hmm. I believe. Um, Thiago Silva will be fifty six at the next <laughs> World Cup too. So this is probably his final one. But yeah, they're they're a good team, and yeah. it wouldn't surprise me if they if we do see them go pretty far. I think they still were the betting odd favorites. Yeah, I think when the World Cup began, yeah, it was them in France, I believe. And I don't know if you guys saw this on I saw it on Facebook there was a guy who apparently is like a, he's a quote time traveler or something it was by lad bible you guys know that uh, i do post? yeah it was by lad bible this guy's like a time traveler apparently and he had video footage with all like the current world cup graphics and it was a video of like him in the stands or something or him like filming his tv saying that brazil won the world cup 2022 against france 2-1 and he posted it. And I guess he's done this before a couple of times, like before major tournaments, and he's actually been right the last couple of years. But it like it's not it's not real. It's like it's it's made a video, I believe, but like he's he's recreates it like pretty good. But that's like when he recreates the video of uh the final that he's filming on his TV, like like can you see like oh that actually looks like Yeah. Oh, interesting. I wonder yeah. how he does it. I don't know, it's kinda of wild. Hmm. I just read the I read the article and I was, like they don't they don't like divulge like how he does it kind of thing but like they say well this guy's a triumph traveler he just done it the last couple of years blah 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 and like his predictions are actually right or his his videos are actually true so he predicted or he time traveled the now December eighteenth of this year mm-hmm. and found out that Brazil is going to beat uh, France two one I think Marquinhos scores it was Marquinhos mm-hmm. and Griezmann and I believe it was. Oh, I forget. Someone scored in the 85th minute for Brazil to win or something. Yeah. That's what it said on his, on his time right, traveling. We'll see uh, see right. if Lad Bible time traveler here gets. gets uh, I should throw right. a, little, a little free ad or free promotion to Lad Bible like they need it. But um, they're a fun follow on Facebook and mm-hmm. stuff. Uh, but yeah, England, th- what I've noticed by them is that they're kind of doing it by committee. You know, like uh, Rashford and Foden getting the start against Wales obviously proved big dividends with them both scoring. Uh, that's Rashford's third goal. Uh, he's le- leading England, I, I believe, in the goal-scoring tally. Um, they kind of brought on like a whole slew of players in this one because just because they could. Like we saw, like Henderson got the start in this one as well. Yeah, gave Mason Mount a little bit of time to to rest up. Trippier came on off the bench. Calvin Phillips came off the bench. Callum Wilson got in for Kane uh, later on in the in the game as well. I think the only guy the only guys that haven't played so far, you know, Connor Gallagher, Connor Cody, um, Bakayo. I can't remember if they say his name. Bakayo. Bakayo Saka um, didn't play in this one at all. He's like you know resting up a little bit. 
saving for the round of 16 because Canada or England already knew that they're going through against well they didn't know but they had the confidence that they're going to go through yeah going into this match against Wales so they could afford to rest up some guys a little bit and just kind of see how the match played out and then obviously get their substitutes when they can yeah but yeah they've they've shown they've shown pretty well mm-hmm. I mean the two goals against Iran were like squeaky bum time goals yeah didn't really mean anything so if those are the only two that they give up at this point in this of the tournament like this shows that their defensive line can hold pretty well even though mm-hmm. Harry Maguire is playing which is crazy um they're going to get the Senegal side who's going to rely heavily on pace and probably counter-attacking abilities yeah they could maybe expose that back line with John Stones and Maguire not being the fastest of guys uh but you know they got Pickford back there who again Goals weren't really his fault, so you can't say that his play has been too bad. He hasn't really been tested very much. Yep. And I just think like their class, kind of like like how Croatia and, and the Canada game panned out. Senegal's going to run on adrenaline, and England's going to run on experience. Yeah. Which is like I mean that Croatia side definitely has it. Like I said before, they were World Cup finalists four years ago, and a lot of that core still remained. So mm-hmm. they just have the pedigree, they have the experience, they have the class. That did show against Canada, and I think it's going to be the same thing for here against England going forward against Senegal, and even whatever the next stage would bring in the quarterfinal, whoever they match up against, it could be much, it could be much of the same thing as well. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, I think that's the one thing that's really um, interesting for England is that I think in the past their um, defense, uh, maybe particularly with Harry Maguire, were getting really exposed in tournaments. Um, but they do seem a little more solid this time around, and we know that their their attack is really good. Um, but I think one thing that might happen with England is if they play a team like Croatia, I think you might see a similar situation with Canada and Croatia where you'll have Kovic and Modric just run around, you know, the likes of Rice, uh, Henderson, um, who else they got in there? Bellingham. Um, yeah, like Jude Bellingham. Um, you could see another situation like that. Um, if they play a team that has a really solid core in the middle, mm-hmm. just because I don't think they have like the experience and I guess the the quality that's like Kovacic and Modric, so I would be interested to see what happens if they were to play a team like yeah. Crow. Yeah, would be interesting. I think they, Crow. They haven't been tested yet at all. Yeah, England. I think a team like Crow could expose them. To be honest, uh, just they, they showed their quality. I know it. I know Canada didn't play the best, but um, yeah. Um, I've been trying to find yeah, I've been trying to find online brackets that show like winner group A plays winner group B kind of thing. Oh yeah, just not. <laughs> I can't find it. Like, yeah, I th- I don't I don't even know. Like obviously, a lot has to pan out still. Correct. Yeah. Um. I think second in our group plays France. No, no France so is playing. France is playing against Poland. Oh, okay, that's not right then. Um, <laughs> Thanks, Joe. Yeah. <laughs> oh, here we go. Is this? Right there. Yeah, one E. So first of E plays second F? Yeah. I gotta get another table. Second E. First E plays second F. So potentially Spain would play second place of our group. Yeah. So it could be Spain against Crow, Morocco, or Belgium, depending on how this, all this pans out. This kind of makes sense, like, for this stage, because it's like, like, A plays B, A plays B. Yeah. C plays D, C plays D. Like, just, like, they just swap the first and second place. Yeah. I'm talking about, like, the next, next round. Oh. I think this is it. Right here. Yeah, scroll down. W- winner of 53 plays winner of 54. I don't know which which one's fifty three or fifty four. <laughs> yeah, it gets all technical and it gets all like annoying. Yeah. Why are you calling it fifty three? What is what is it? What's this one? I don't think it has the game number. No. Yeah, this is the FIFA website, so it's not very good. Not surprisingly. <laughs> the FIFA, which the one's fifty three? The FIFA official website does not give you proper information. Oh no shit. Yeah. Anyways, well maybe we'll find it. Yeah, we'll post it. 
<laughs> here's another here's See, ESPN. all the get a, get a diagram of all the possibilities here. Oh, this one was terrible. Huh? No. Yeah, this has the same thing with numbers. Oh, no, but it has the numbers next to it. Okay. If you go up. 53. Yeah, and then you go there. Winner of 53, winner of 54. So 53 is winner of group E and runner-up of group F. So that's Spain against, like, Morocco. So either the winner of the winner of Spain and Morocco will play... The winner of Group G and runner-up of Group G, which is we're gonna look far down the line here. Yeah, Brazil, Brazil and Ghana, Switzerland, yeah. Portugal. Yeah, yeah. Okay. But then saying for the winner of those two guys, like, would they go against each other then? Like the winner? No, the winner of G. <laughs> the winner it's of Brazil. They don't do a good job here. This is confusing. No, so, so it's 53 and... Yeah, and that's 53 and 54. Is this, is this 53? No, down. Winner of group E, runner-up of group F. Oh, okay, correct. Okay. And then it's... So let's say Spain win that game, and then they would play the winner of group G and group H... So yeah, it might so be, could, it could, could be Spain, Brazil yeah, in the quarterfinal. Spain, Brazil, December 9th. Maybe, if I'm reading this correctly. So that's what I'm saying. Like it's like it's condensed to your like two groups that are next to you. I think so. Like one A plays two B. <laughs> it's gonna come to the quarterfinals. Two like. A takes <laughs> one like B. Wrong. The winner of that goes to the next quarterfinal. Like yeah, like Netherlands plays USA, England plays Senegal. Yeah, if Netherlands and England both win, they go the next round. Yes, but they don't play each other. Get the fuck out of here! (laughs) All right, well, we'll let the the FIFA bracket see how it fills out on its own. I guess I'm trying to do too much prediction in live real time. Not very good. Um, So yeah, game tomorrow. Like I said, Canada expectations. Just finish strong, finish hard. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm try and win i, I kind of do want to see morocco go through which like sucks because like i want us to play good i want us to win yeah but it'd be cool to see morocco go through other than belgium or croatia mm-hmm. can that happen yeah yes we just need croatia to win yeah if croatia wins then it doesn't oh then morocco doesn't can do anything yeah, yeah morocco can lose so let's oh, i don't want to say this but let's go crow <laughs> and then let's go us <laughs> yeah because yeah belgium's belgium's annoying yeah, like on our, in our preview, our preview show, we talked about them being the golden generation, and I think Phil said that they have a lot of pressure. I think mm-hmm. no, sorry, Phil said they had no pressure coming into this World Cup because they aren't aging side, and maybe the 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 sights aren't on them. I said the flip side that they do have a lot of pressure because this is their last chance. Yeah, with this core. Yeah, with this core of players. Like if they don't get it done now, then like it's a. I guess a yeah. rebuild from Belgium. Yeah, mm-hmm. total rebuild. So um, I think they have the most pressure now as, as this being their final chance. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think it's it's going to inevitably happen. I mean, it is strange. Like, even if Argentina doesn't win, you're going to see Messi without winning a World Cup. You know, with Belgium, you're not going to see De Bruyne winning a World Cup. So, yeah. I mean, granted, it's like who else is in their country? Argentina, I'm a little more surprised with Belgium. Like, to see... A, country like argentina not winning a world cup while messi's there is really surprising uh but you know that's the nature of the game Mm -hmm. i think that might just come down to a lot of players played domestically still in argentina as well Mm -hmm. and just the caliber of play is just not the same as playing in europe yeah like being european you have an automatic advantage because you're playing majority of your games domestically like either in your host country that you that you play for or abroad but still somewhere in europe mm-hmm. in argentina yeah, it's like if you're playing for like river plate like yeah it's good or is that even brazil i think, I think river plate's brazil okay boca juniors i think it's brazil okay uh fuck I, you joe i don't know any. Argentinian. i thought boca juniors is argentinian i don't know no. boca juniors is argentinian are they no i'm pretty sure 91 percent positive um Ninety-one percent. Argentine, yeah. There we go. River Plate. 
Who's your favorite quick too? That's the first one I said. Anyways, if you're playing for those clubs, like obviously you're you're playing for like the best team in your country, but like you're playing in Argentina. Yeah. You're not playing with the likes of the Barcelonas and Bayerns and and mm-hmm. you know Tottenham's or you know Liverpool, whoever. So it's just a little bit different competition. Yeah, Argentina. Andrew got me. Joey just so. doubt me twice in a row. That's hmm. come on, son. Uh, I play a lot of FIFA in my life. <laughs> I've seen these teams, <laughs> but yeah, I, I just think yeah, Argentina. They yeah, their golden generation's also kind of slipping off. Like, I don't know who's going to take the reins for them. Same with Belgium, I guess too. Mm-hmm. Like a young twenty-one, twenty-two-year-old stud. I don't really see it mm-hmm. in their in their window for right now. But the legs of England are always going to stay strong. Um, France, you know, they're set. They're pretty good for life. Netherlands kind of have a rebuild stage going right now, or they're going to have to have one. USA, big-time rebuild stage right now. So this is kind of an overachieve. Maybe not overachieving for USA because that group that they get, they did get dealt. But I don't think they saw themselves going to a possible quarterfinal. But they've arguably got a pretty good draw mm-hmm. against Netherlands in this round. So we'll see how that pans out. And, yeah, Senegal, Australia, let's go. Yeah. Play a little upset, maybe. It'd be fun still. And obviously we have all the all the uh, group stage matches also Thursday and Friday to, to look forward to and to talk about the winners on our next podcast episode. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's going to be fun. See yeah. what transpires. Right, so we good, boys? I think we're good. Yeah. All right, cool. I want to thank everyone for listening. You can get the podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, put up on youtube as well the audio version of this uh we're on twitter instagram facebook footy fans podcast fans spelled p-h-a-n-s we will chat next week after all the week's action see you see you ciao